Okay, everyone, fucking great to be back. Episode 40, we had a bit of a hiatus um, last week. JX was sick, sicker than a dog. Too many drugs at once. Too many drugs at once, and it knocked him down. Knocked him down a few fucking steps. But last week's episode, I, I did at my house. I just did it over uh, on my webcam, and it's on Patreon only. But episode 40, this episode is sponsored by... Cushy. I've been really enjoying this cushy stuff. Stress, anxiety, sleeping problems, trouble quieting your mind. These are common problems, but they don't have to be so bad thanks to Cushy Dreams. Cushy Dreams specializes in high quality, legal cannabis. That's smokable CBD and smoke with Delta 8 THC. CBD has been shown to help with anxiety, depression, inflammation, and pain relief without the high. And Delta 8 is similar, but with some added euphoria. I've been smoking one when I don't want to get fucking blasted off. They have different kinds. They have a hustle kind, a create kind, um, a relax, a calming, a dreams kind. So when you don't want to get just stupid fucking high, but you want the benefits of some CBD, I've been enjoying these, especially if you like puffing on a little something. Whether you want to smoke beautiful bud or pre-rolls, Cushy Dreams has you covered. Their popular pre-roll joints are rolled in organic hemp paper and feature an even slow burn. Flowers available in eighth of an ounce, nitrogen sealed cans, and now humidity controlled half ounce and full ounce Mylar bags. They offer indica and sativa strains, and you get to pick the mood you want to experience. Relax, create, hustle, peace, energy, or dream. The flower looks and smells, tastes just like high quality marijuana, and it's always organic. Has low THC, under 0.3% THC. It is top shelf cannabis that ships discreetly to you. So you can hide it from whoever you need to hide it from. Which, I don't think you should ever fucking have to hide any of your bullshit. But discreetly to you and directly to all 50 states. Go to CushyDreams.com. That's K-U-S-H-Y. Dreams.com. At checkout, use promo code REDHAWK for 25% off your next order. Yep, 25% off. Smoke your CBD and Delta 8 with promo code all caps REDHAWK. R-E-D-H-A-W-K. And get 25% off today. Cushy Dreams. Thank you very much. Okay, tons of shit to talk about today. We were supposed to have my friend, who's a gynecologist, a.k.a. puss doctor. We were going to have the puss doctor on and ask him some questions. I was going to ask him some shit like, okay, what age did you know you wanted to be a puss doctor? And was it your dream to become a puss doctor? I wanted to ask him the most common STDs. STDs that he sees in his practice of gynecology. I wanted to see, I wanted to ask him some crazy complications with pregnancy because Mariah and I might be wanting to have a kid here in a little bit. 
and uh, we want to stay ahead of the curve. Will he be my puss doctor for Mariah or Mariah's puss doctor? Probably not. <laughs> um, yeah, probably not because I love him. I love him, but I know he loves puss too. So uh, we'll start off this with Naval. We'll start off this uh, show with Naval. Okay, shed your, shed your identity to see reality. This this says, our egos are constructed in our formative years, our first two decades. Hmm. They get constructed by our environment, our parents, our society. Then we spend the rest of our life trying to make our ego happy. We interpret anything new through our ego. How do I change the external world to make it more how I would like to be? That's interesting. I mean, every time I fucking run into a douchebag... I want to beat them up. I mean, I don't always want to beat them up, but I, I, I have a certain emotion that comes up about them. But then I think about it rationally and I'm like, okay, they didn't create themselves. Their parents created them and they don't even, I mean, they're just like their fucking parents. And then people who complain about their parents are like, yeah, my parent was a piece of shit. Well, their parents created them. So their parents were probably pieces of shit too. Yeah. So the Naval, Almanac of Naval, you've been reading it, haven't you, Jay? Yeah, it's super good. I always read it or I'll listen to his pod on Spotify. You know, his clips. Yeah. I've listened to his pod with Joe Rogan three times. Oh, yeah, I was listening to that. And I think with the with the books I've read so far, I've just been trying to go back and keep reading them. I mean, here and there, read a chapter here, put down that book, grab another book, read a chapter. Because those yeah. all the books that I've read have kind of put me into the place and gave me the mindset I have now. So I, if I keep it fresh in my mind, I think it's good. Yeah, that's what he says. He likes to read. He'd rather read the uh, hundred books over and over than like. Yeah, that's right. He did say that. Stuff. Yeah. Um. But 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 but. What else has been going on? There's been a lot going on. I've been. I started the Kim Kardashian show, <laughs> the newest season. And it's good. I mean, if I could have fuck one of the Kardashians, who's the younger one with the fake lips? Is it Kylie? I think it's Kylie's the tall one, right? Kylie, or, Kylie's the one that dated Travis Scott, I think. She has okay. like the lips stuff. If I was to pound, I'd probably pick her. She's just so cute. But I she I feel she was cuter without her fake lips. She's still super sexy now. But if I was to date one look wise, I'd date the other one. I the, like, I the like the other Kendall. younger one. Kendall. Kendall. Yeah. Yeah. I think she's, she's just natural looking. Yeah. She's super hot. It's crazy. I think it's Chloe. How much different she looks. Oh, yeah. And those are probably some of the best surgeons out. So she looks still good. I mean, you can tell she's been worked on, but she still looks good. Like her tits, they aced her tits. I think those tits are just like nice. And I think they're fake. Maybe or maybe not, but they're real, real nice. The butts, the butts are a little absurd. I don't really know. I don't really know if it would be nice putting a pound in on a butt like that. What do you think? I don't know. I've never been attracted to like overly dramatic, like exaggerated butts like that. I think it just looks like, I think it, it's cool for the moment, but like long term wise, it just looks like just saggy and shit, you know? Yeah. <laughs> long terms. I don't, I would love to, like, it probably doesn't have like cottage cheese, butt. it's probably pretty smooth. If We're, it's fake though, I wonder how it like, ages and like yeah you know what i mean how it looks or i wonder if they can they can take out that whatever they put in and then put fresh stuff in well that's what they were saying that like kim kardashian got like a butt like I, they were saying her butt was fake and then i guess there was a picture that came out where they said that she reduced her butt so i don't know if she went like back to her normal butt or what 
Dude, because it is <laughs> fucking absurd, dude. Have you started the new uh, Kardashian uh, I at watched, all? I watched, uh, I think, two episodes. I think there's only two or three out, right? I don't know. Uh, there's three out. Okay. There's three out. I think I have. So that's good. Kim makes between $7.5 and $8.3 per season of the Kardashians. That's insane. So Kim's salary is the sixth of the $100 million. Hulu paid the Kardashians generous for the Kardashians show. Damn, so they paid him a hundred milli. Because they think it was in a different on a different network, right? And then they moved Hulu signed them like oh. exclusively to Hulu or some shit. Oh, was it? Yeah. Because I mean, there's probably a lot of people that got Hulu just because of that. Oh yeah. Because those girls. You see are how everybody was like, popping. "Oh, Nef- Netflix is done," because they were saying that they were about to start adding commercials and stuff. Um. Really? Yeah, but I don't know if it was fake or what, but it went pretty like viral on Twitter, and everybody was like, "Oh, like, what? Like Netflix is done." Fuck. Well, that's the thing. I mean, anytime a platform starts blowing up with serious numbers, there's gonna be start to be commercials and ads and money making shit. That's why but, I like YouTube though, because you could pay like mm-hmm. a premium, so you don't get ads. So I'd rather pay like a subscription, so I don't have to see ads. So yeah. Well, Hulu gives you that option. They give oh, you, they and I think it's $3 more to get no commercials. Mm. Yeah, I, but commercials, fuck that. I dude. hate commercials. Do you? Dude. What do you think during it? I I'm hate like, every time. It throws off the flow of everything. Oh, I know. Well, like, imagine listening to music and you're bumping, and then you get a commercial every two minutes. Oh, God. Like, you're I really know. into a song or if you're really into a movie or a show. Yeah. It's really re- throws a fucking kink in my day, doesn't it? <laughs> So being sick, what was it like being as sick as you were? I'd never been that sick or it's never taken me that long to recover off of like, but I did a lot of shit. That was the most fucked up I've gotten in a while, like probably ever, honestly. And then on top of that, like I'm older too, you know, so. I don't, I mean, I would love to see, I want to get it. I'll get a test for us both to test our biological ages. Oh, I, I wonder if you could do that. Yeah. I How wonder, do you do that? I, I honestly don't know. I think you send in some shit. Um, I, I know, I know Thorn has it. Thorn has it. Speaking of Thorn, I'm going to put a link in the bottom of the bio. All the listeners get 15% off Thorn. And you, you, you heard the pod with Dan Garner about how quality that shit is. He's a fucking scientist. There's a reason all the UFC athletes use it. Um, yeah, Thorn, 15% off all the shit. I just started taking it again. Did you? Yeah. If you're a Patreon member, you get 30% off. So if you sign up for Patreon, which helps support the pod, uh, you get 30% off. 30% off is fucking pretty fat. And they have like catalyte, electrolytes. They have your magnesium, creatine, anything you need. Thorne's got it, and, and it's got it quality, which is fucking nice. So it was a nice hookup that they decided to give our listeners. And we'll put that in the link. Yeah, but dude, I think you took two different types of boner pills right i I don't know i was just taking whatever you guys would give me Mm -hmm, mm because i took mm -hmm. some from trev and then i remember remember you threw one and then i found the pool or in the jacuzzi that was a hymns i was like damn i found the jacuzzi fuck you should have dived in but then i ended up getting another one somehow huh i was trying to go like this like trying to catch it in the jacuzzi yeah that was a wild, wild experience. It was. <laughs> you know, it's a wild experience when you run through a whole case of hymns. Dude, that <laughs> was like, like literally like Wolf of Wall Street 
for real though <laughs> don't you think yeah it That's was what I thought. because the funny part was we had this party built up between the group chat all week about <laughs> what we're gonna do and and it rarely happens that those parties turn out the way you expect I know. that's why parties I, I rarely try to have expectations because i'm like who knows it could be fucking lame yeah but that was fucking wild dude wild i mean once a year once a year turn up like that and everyone, I mean, talks about, oh, drugs. People look up to you. You talk about drugs. It's like, dude, all you motherfuckers are on drugs. <laughs> Everyone does coffee. If you don't think that's a drug, you're not that smart. Everyone does prescriptions from the doctor. I try to stick away from prescriptions from the doctor because they're probably not healthy for you. Is MDMA healthy for you? Abusing it? Fuck no. I bet you it's not psilocybin once in a while you're definitely not going to get addicted to that but i've never i haven't met anyone who's done psilocybin and been like fuck that but i'm sure if you're not stable mentally psilocybin could fuck you up and put you into a serious serious shit but dude smoking a little smoke doing a little bit of uh i mean yesterday i did a little 0.25 of a mushroom just to get my mind flowing a little bit did some coffee did a little uh dabsky I mean, we're on drugs all day, every day. <laughs> For real. And I just don't think it's detrimental to my body, though. If it was detrimental to my body and it detrimental to my, my performance in jiu-jitsu or, or my health, I probably wouldn't do it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's not like I feel like we do it very rarely just because we train work so hard and all the other aspects of our life it's almost just like a little mini well yes reward. some some like mdma r really rarely because i think it does shit with your brain but every day you're doing coffee yeah that's true but i don't think there's i don't know it's hard to say let's hear what sam harris says a fucking professional a neuroscientist this is the guys i use his app for uh my meditation and he has different talks with super smart people but this is what he has to say about drugs. Drugs and the meaning of life. Let's hear it. Drugs and the meaning of life. Everything we do is for the purpose of altering consciousness. We form friendships so that we can feel certain emotions like love and avoid others like loneliness. We eat specific foods to enjoy their fleeting presence on our tongues. We read for the pleasure of thinking another person's thoughts. Every waking moment, and even in our dreams... We struggle to direct the flow of sensation, emotion, and cognition towards states of consciousness that we value. Drugs are another means toward this end. Some are illegal, some are stigmatized, some are dangerous, though perversely these sets only partially intersect. Some drugs of extraordinary power and utility, such as psilocybin, the active compound in magic mushrooms, and lysergic acid diethylamide, LSD, pose no apparent oh, risk of addiction and are physically well tolerated and yet one can still be sent to prison for their use whereas drugs such as tobacco and alcohol which have ruined countless lives are enjoyed ad libitum in almost every society on earth nothing worse than that nothing worse than someone who fucking judges you about weed or judges you about a little bit of psilocybin or judges you about a little mdma and they fucking do dips they do dips or they they drink alcohol and they it's like dude you're such a fucking hypocrite and obviously you're, you haven't done any research on this shit onward there are other points on this continuum mdma or ecstasy has remarkable therapeutic potential but is also susceptible to abuse 
and some evidence suggests that it can be neurotoxic. One of the great responsibilities we have is to educate ourselves along with the next generation about which substances are worth ingesting and for what purpose and which are not. The problem, however, is that we refer to all biologically active compounds by a single term, drugs, making it nearly impossible to have an intelligent discussion about the psychological, medical, ethical, and legal issues surrounding their use. The poverty of our language has been only slightly eased by the introduction of the term psychedelics to differentiate certain visionary compounds which can produce extraordinary insights from narcotics and other classic agents of stupefaction and abuse. However, we should not be too quick to feel nostalgia for the counterculture of the 1960s. Yes, crucial breakthroughs were made, socially and psychologically, and drugs were central to the process. But one need only read accounts of the time, such as Joan Didion's slouching towards Bethlehem, to see the problem with a society bent upon rapture at any cost. For every insight of lasting value produced by drugs, there was an army of zombies. The thing is about drugs, okay, in the dictionary, drugs... The definition is a medicine or or other substance which has physiological effect when ingested otherwise introduced to the body. Okay. So sugar's got to be a drug, right? Would be classified as a drug. Super fucking addicting. Super addicting. Hundred The number one killer in the U.S. or I don't, probably in the world, I'd have to look it up, is heart disease. And heart disease comes from obesity and eating too much fucking sugar. And it's a 100% fact that sugar rots your teeth. It'll make your teeth fall out. But that's just not, it's just not. that. Yeah, but it's okay. It's okay. Give a kid a Snickers. It's cute. Cute, 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 cute. Let him suck on some lollipops and some Jolly Ranchers. It's cute. You think it's like but then, really bad, like just, what about just like once on the weekends? They could eat hell candy. no. Hell no. You but the, let the, your kid eat candy on the weekend? Yeah, I mean, not on the <laughs> weekends, probably a full day, but I'll have him, let him have a little bit of, of a treat. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, like just one. Yeah, a little bit of a treat, just like anything else. Yeah. But it's like, holy shit. Bees with flowers in their hair shuffling toward failure and regret. Turning on, tuning in, and dropping out is wise, or even benign, only if you can then drop into a mode of life that makes ethical and material sense and doesn't leave your children wandering in traffic. Drug abuse and addiction are real problems, of course. The remedy for which is education and medical treatment, not incarceration. That's the thing. If you're, in, I feel like if you're in a healthy spot in your life, and the trajectory of your life is climbing, and you can look at that from the outside and be like, "Oh, the trajectory of my life is still going up," then doing these drugs that aren't that harmful is okay. But if you're not in a good spot, you're not liking how yourself feels, your trajectory of your life is going down, then I definitely should stay away from that shit. Until you get your life fucking tightened up. In fact, the most abused drugs in the United States now appear to be oxycodone and other prescription painkillers. Should these medications be made illegal? I think yes, but maybe not. But maybe not. But dude, so many of my friends, especially fighter friends or someone in combat sports, get hooked on those oxys, dude. I mean, you go through so much fucking pain. You spar twice a week. MMA sparring, people don't realize. MMA sparring, your body is so fucking sore. A soreness that you didn't even know you could have. That's how your body feels. And it's twice a week. And then you get surgeries. And then you get concussions. And then the doctor gives you oxys. And you get surgery, so then you need to stay on these oxys for however many weeks. And now it's like, fuck, dude. The only way I can just be at peace or just feel 
normal is whipping one of these oxys down. And then it's just fucking terrible for you. Of course not. But people need to be informed about their hazards, and addicts need treatment. And all drugs, including alcohol, cigarettes, and aspirin, must be kept out of the hands of children. I discuss issues of drug policy in some detail in my first book, The End of Faith, and my thinking on the subject hasn't changed. The war on drugs has been lost and should never have been waged. I can think of no right more fundamental than the right to peacefully steward the contents of one's own consciousness. The fact that we pointlessly ruin the lives of nonviolent drug users by incarcerating them at enormous expense constitutes one of the great moral failures of our time. And the fact that we make room for them in our prisons by... Imagine those poor guys that are sitting in the pen right now and they're hearing from the outside or maybe seeing and they're like, damn, all this is legal now. And I'm sitting here in the pen locked up because of it. Oh, it'd be hard to live with, dude. That would be hard to live with. Rolling murderers, rapists, and child molesters makes one wonder whether civilization isn't simply doomed. I have two daughters who will one day take drugs. Of course, I will do everything in my power to see that they choose their drugs wisely. But a life lived entirely without drugs is neither foreseeable nor, I think, desirable. I hope they someday enjoy a morning cup of tea or coffee as much as I do. God, that's the thing. You go through your whole life. I mean, there's no way you probably go through your whole life without doing drugs. But you go through your whole life maybe without doing a little bit of psilocybin. Or... A little bit of Mary Mary Juana opens up some fucking different neural pathways in your brains, make you makes you look at things or think about things a little different. Uh, I think my mom. I'm I was gonna Zoom call her on on the pod here, but we're gonna get that figured out, and I'll Zoom call her next week. But she's gonna come down to visit, and I really want her to take a nice little vaporized herb rip. Just give her a little gummy. Oh, that's oh. a good idea. A little bit of gum gum. Don't tell her that it's a... Yeah, but then the thing <laughs> is, the, the thing is about that, the religions really don't want you to do that because they don't want your mind to open up. They don't want your mind to think out, outside the box. They want to keep you in that fucking box. So drugs and things that fuck with your neural pathways a little bit, devil. If they drink alcohol as adults, as they probably will, I will encourage them to do it safely. If they choose to smoke marijuana, I will urge moderation. Tobacco should be shunned, and I will do everything within the bounds of decent parenting to steer them away from it. Tobacco should be shunned. Shunned. Yeah, but it's not. Needless to say, if I knew that either of my daughters would eventually develop a fondness for methamphetamine or crack cocaine, I might never sleep again. But if they don't try a psychedelic like psilocybin or LSD at least once in their adult lives, I will wonder whether they had missed one of the most important rites of passage a human being can experience. This is not to say that everyone should take psychedelics. As I will make clear in a moment, these drugs pose certain dangers. Undoubtedly, some people cannot afford to give the anchor of sanity even the slightest tug. That's the thing. You get some motherfucker that's barely sane, that has, maybe it's in their genes, um, maybe it's traumatic experiences, and and then they just go off the fucking rails. But it's weird because Paul talks about, like he was sent to, back when uh, Sean's brother was hooked on meth, Paul recommended, he's like, do a heroic dose of mushrooms with him, a heavy dose of mushrooms, to where it's just like, 
you go somewhere else. And I, I've heard of a lot of people doing a big dose of mushrooms like that, getting off heroin or stuff that's detrimental to their body. It has been many years since I took psychedelics myself, and my abstinence is born of a healthy respect for the risks involved. However, there was a period in my early 20s when I found psilocybin and LSD to be indispensable tools, and some of the most important hours of my life were spent under their influence. Without them, I might never have discovered there was an inner landscape of mind worth exploring. There's no getting around the role of luck here. If you are lucky and you take the right drug, you will know what it is to be enlightened or to be close enough to persuade you that enlightenment is possible. If you're unlucky, you will know what it is to be clinically insane. While I don't recommend the latter experience, it does increase one's respect for the tenuous condition of sanity, as well as one's compassion for people who suffer from mental illness. Human beings have ingested plant-based psychedelics for millennia, but scientific research on these compounds did not begin until the 1950s. By 1965, a thousand studies had been published, primarily on psilocybin and LSD, many of which attested to the usefulness of psychedelics in the treatment of clinical depression, obsessive-compulsive disorder, alcohol addiction, and the pain and anxiety associated with terminal cancer. Within a few years, however, this entire field of research was abolished in an effort to stem the spread of... This talk goes on for another 15 minutes, so I don't want to bore you guys, but it's... I mean, the rest of it's really good, too. That's on his app or what? That's on his app. It might be on YouTube. It's called Drugs and the Meaning in Life by Sam Harris. Um, it's a good talk, especially for, for parents who are just so fucking close-minded and they just don't even, they won't, especially if a kid comes to a parent, parents automatically think my kid doesn't know shit. They just look at you as this little kid. Little do they know, some kids probably fucking know more than them. Um, so showing this to your parent I mean, God, I don't want to, like, be a big supporter of, like, drugs and doing this shit. But I do do it. <laughs> but I, I'm also healthy and I care about myself and I'm not abusing it. And I, I'm stable mentally, some would say. <laughs> some would say. Um, I don't think you're against it or anything. I think you're just, like, open. You're just open-minded. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so big leak. Big fucking leak. Saturday, July 2nd. That must have been... Dana does those little talks and gets people hyped up for the fight, and it said July 2nd. The photo got leaked. Israel versus Cannoneer. Wow. Fucking sweet, dude. Cannoneer is the man. If you don't know who Cannoneer is or you don't know his story, go back and listen to the pod. I had him on, I think, four or five pods ago. He's a fucking cool dude. Real cool dude. And the motherfucker works hard. And I think he's fighting the pound for pound. Which says pound for pound best. I think he's one of the most pound-for-pound pound scariest dudes to fight right now. How good he is at controlling the distance and the range and how fast he is and how hungry he is, and he's a fucking freak athlete. Uh, so if Jared could get the, the middleweight title, that would be incredible. Did you, did you see the guy who's Strickland fighting? I guess that guy's the one that knocked Adesanya out a long time ago. Yep, which will be a sick fight, dude, because Strickland, he's a striker, comes forward, pressures, boxes you up. Versus Pereira, <laughs> fucking sweet, dude. But then Strickland in the same card as O'Malley, and Strickland fucking hates O'Malley. So know. we'll probably have some run-ins with him. <laughs> but I, I, I've i almost trained with – I've been at a couple fight weeks with Strickland. We were supposed to train a couple times. We didn't get around to it. But I, I don't mind him, and I don't think he doesn't mind me. So we'll probably hash it out. He's just a crazy fucking dude made to be a fighter. And then they leak uh, Kamzat Nate Diaz. 
fuck they must just want to say fuck okay nate you want to talk shit like you're the man and you want to get paid these fat bread i mean you want to be on the ufc side because they are in control of you say you have they have to offer you three fights per year they could literally if they don't like you they offer you the worst fight possible okay you don't want it okay you don't get paid offered you another one worst fight possible okay you don't want it you don't get paid we don't have to pay you but if they don't offer you three fights per year then they have to pay you what your contract says but dude Kamzat, 200 i bet that motherfucker weighs 205 210 maybe uh such a dominating strong fucking wrestler nate probably walks around i bet a pretty chubby 90 90 95 probably pretty chubby and out of shape maybe but dude it would be <laughs> it would be fucking epic if Kamzat just beat the fuck out of Nate for two rounds and then Nate catches him high elbow guillotine Imagine. or a triangle or something <laughs> just crazy to where Nate's just getting his ass beat and then comes back and wins oh that would be sweet <laughs> but yeah I, I just, fuck I hope that's real I, that, I mean that'll they, be uh, sick like they say it's leaked, but I wonder if it's like leaked on purpose type of thing. Like cap, but like just like I don't know, just to make it seem like it's a leak. But that, they're getting everybody talking about it, obviously, so it's working. Yeah, like what if that was just an edit or something? But the Lauren Murphy Misha Tate fight's real. Now the Sugar Show and Pedro Munoz fight is real. Um, I mean, man, in my opinion, what a fucking good fight for Sugar, dude. This is the perfect fight we wanted. This this guy, Pedro, very fucking tough. One of the top dudes in the world for a reason. But he's orthodox and he's short. And he's not like this crazy dominant wrestler like a like a, a Murab who just grabs you and holds you, pecks at you a little bit, sits in your guard, puts his chest right under your chin and just holds you there, taps you, holds you there, taps you. Pedro... Um, I mean, look at the fucking list of dudes Pedro's fought. This is a big step up. This is definitely a big step up. He's fought, Fr he's fought Cody Garbrandt. He's fought Aljamain Sterling. He's fought Frankie Edgar. He's fought Jimmy Rivera. He's fought Jose Aldo. He's fought Dominic Cruz. He's fought the best dudes. KO'd Cody Garbrandt. But now he's got to fight Sugar Shane. Sugar's six foot. He can control the distance really fucking well, similar to Izzy. Um, ah, I mean, I feel like it's a bad fight for Pedro. But we're going to prepare for a 15-fucking-minute war and be ready for a 15-minute war. Pedro's going to come out. We know, I mean, he's got decent leg kicks. We know he's going to come out and start chopping the legs, try, try to get a read on Sean and chop the legs. Of course, he's going to try to pin him against the fence. I mean, every fight for the last, I don't even know how many. Every fight for the last however many, people are like, you got to get in his face and you got to put him against the fence. That's what you got. That's all you got to do. It's like, dude, way easier said than done with that little fucker. He switches his stances so well, and there's not really a pattern to it. You watch it, you're like, oh, he there's not really a pattern to it. So they're going to do, do a lot of film study, do the best they can at watching Sean and the way he moves and certain tendencies he has. 
But then you get in there and the little fucker is quicker than you expect. And you get cracked with something you didn't see. And now you get cracked with something you didn't see and now he starts fainting at you with all his little faints. And you have to respect those faints. Then as soon as you stop respecting those faints, boom, put your lights out. And especially in the in-betweens, when someone's really attacking Sean, trying to put him against a fence or grabbing a hold of him in the scrambles, that's where he turns out, cuts a corner, and cracks you. Bang, bang, bang. He's like really good at the, the in the in-betweens of scrambles and different sequences at cracking people where they're not used to be, being cracked. But dude, fucking props to Pedro. Pedro's fucking 35 years old. Um, Like one of the top dogs and he's he's fought everyone he's he's took in every fight like what a beast but this is going to be a real real step up this is the top what is he number nine i think i'm pretty sure he's number is nine number 10 or nine so sean busts him up in a nice fashion like no one ko's him jose aldo couldn't ko pedro dominic cruz couldn't ko him um decision against Aljamain so he can grapple I'm pretty sure he's a really good black belt so he's just going to be solid top to bottom but I just I think right now I mean look he guillotined Rob Font I, we know he's got a really good fucking guillotine so got the work cut out for us about what well, I think we're coming up on nine weeks out maybe a little less but it's going perfect it's not like it, the nice thing about Sean he's not starting from like oh man I'm completely out of shape Still working with Brandon twice a week. Still grappling three times a week. And then training with Taquino too. Taquino is a master at holding people against the fence. He's a master at trips and takedowns against the fence. He He's he's the same height. He's 5'6", big lower half, strong as fuck. So it's like just the perfect partner. When Sean's working against the fence, we're... I mean, it's just if you do something wrong with Taquino against the fence, he's going to take you down or he's going to hold you there or he's going to force you to give up your back. So having those constant reps with Taquino is going to be a big key in this fight. And then other than that, I think it's going to be a be another sugar show performance. So super pumped about that July 2nd, especially if that's the card, dude. That's going to be so sick. If Lauren can beat up Misha Tate, that'll be awesome. Jared wins the title. Brian Barberino versus Robbie Lawler. Sweet fucking fight. So sweet that Brian Brian got the Robbie Lawler fight. Um, Thought it's going to be a pretty little epic, epic little weekend there. So you were at a restaurant the other day, and uh, you had a robot waiter? Oh, yeah. I went to this, like, little Thai spot. <clears throat> well, like... At first, it was a person, and then the little robot brought the food to you. And even, like, the waiters were still kind of getting used to it. We're like, do we grab the food, or do you? And the girl was just like, oh, I'll just grab it. I, I'm, we're still getting used to it. But it was everybody was just, like, taking pictures of it and shit. Tripping Damn. Out. I wonder how much one of those runs for a business owner. But I think it's really smart for, like, I, I immediately thought, like, this is smart because everybody's taking pictures and recording it, so they're going to post it. It's like bringing more attention to that restaurant. You yeah. Because it's not common, at least not yet. Well, dude, I always think about that. I'm like, having employees would be so hard, especially for a restaurant job. A restaurant job, some restaurants, a lot of the people just don't give a fuck. They come in there, they'll work two, three days. You'll go out of your way to train them. You'll train them. So another, you have to pay another person to train them. And then they're just, or they're just flaky as fuck. And they just don't show up. It would be so hard to run that 
run a business where you have to rely on a bunch of employees. Oh yeah. It's different when you have an employees that you're paying really well, then you you have an expectation like, Hey, I'm paying you this. I expect this out of you. But when you're parent paying them bare minimum, you're going to get fucking bare minimum effort or bare minimum commitment, which would be hard. So if I had a job like that, I mean a business like that, I would love to just buy my robot waiters. I know, but then it'd be kind of hard. I mean, I guess I would think like the Tesla bots, that's, that's immediately what I thought of. Uh-huh. It'd be pretty smart. You know how people, I think that's the perfect job to replace w- with like a robot. Cause you don't have to, when I used to serve, it's just, you have to be really like patient and, um, not take things personally because a lot of times customers are dickheads. So oh, you God. can't like, you know what I mean? I can't like let snap. them be in control of your emotions. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I bet those motherfuckers, I bet you're just like mm, the way they disrespect you and stuff. Yeah, something like, but I, I heard Naval today too. Like, you can always judge somebody by like, say you're, you're at a dinner or whatever with some guy you just met or you're about to do business with them and he's rude to the server. That just like shows a lot on his of that guy's character because if he's rude to the server he's going to be rude to yeah other people you eventually you know mm-hmm. that's what he said which is true fuck yeah it's true uh i've always been good have you been good about when i walk into a room i'm usually really good about saying hi to people like going i'm just, hey how's it going just like right away I'd be like hey oh he's friendly he's mm-hmm. easy to Compared to some people just walk into a room and I'll, I'll watch it. Sometimes even the gym. I, I try to encourage everyone at the gym to say, hey, you yeah. see a new face, introduce yourself. It's hard coming into a fight gym. It's nerve-wracking coming into a fight gym. And then if you walk in that fight gym and people are mean mugging you, people, higher belts walk right by you, don't even acknowledge you. It's like, it's like <laughs> I, don't, do, don't be like that. I, I see it from you and like I, you've done it to me too. Like, hey, like this is Jay or whatever. But now I've gotten better at it. Like if I'm like warming up or training, I see someone that I'm not – familiar with and i feel like i know pretty much everybody here now so mm-hmm. i'll go up to him like hey what's up i'm jay and i'll just kind of like shake him up real quick yeah just to kind of introduce myself yeah and then they're like damn so now i got a friend and yeah. then that makes them feel comfortable now i got someone i can talk to it's not like all these people just judging me especially when there's higher belts around it's oh, like yeah. fuck and sometimes the higher belts too sometimes they have insecurities and egos to where they want to beat the new people up and they want to make yeah. them feel uncomfortable, which sometimes is okay. I think, I think a lot of times when white belts come in or a guy comes in and they think they're way better than they are. And then you put them with someone yeah. good. If and they're the, being dickheads and yeah, but some people need to know like, yeah. holy shit, these little motherfuckers can fuck me up. I feel like as an upper belt though, I should, I just feel kind of like I'm, I'm representing the gym too. Yeah. You know, like, Hey, what's up? You know, I don't yeah. want to be mean or anything. Yeah, I mean, some even black belts, black belts in town here. I don't want to say any names. I kind of do, but I don't. But they're like, their their egos are so big, they can't even be friends with their students. Or I don't know if it's they're insecure because, okay, you're good at jiu-jitsu. It doesn't, that doesn't mean you're good at fighting. Like, mm-hmm. I'll, still, I'll still whoop your fucking ass, dude. <laughs> um, but but then they have this kind of, their students treat them like, uh, like they're special, which I mean, they're, they're their instructors, but then they act that way, and then they treat people not not good, and they treat they act like they're something special. It's fucking annoying as fuck. I don't really know what I was getting at there. Just about greeting yourself. I mean, it depends, because if I go into a place where I don't know anybody, is, is it, I could see. I guess, like, for me, like, I'm coming, I'm here already, I'm comfortable here, so it's easier for me to say hi to you. But if I was, like, on the other person's side where I didn't know anybody in the room, I don't know. I don't really like, hey, what's up? I mean, I, I try to. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
But yeah, I feel I feel what you're saying. I I mean I've went to a lot of different fight gyms, and I've always been just tr- I try to go out of my way just be like just to be friendly, just to mm-hmm. be friendly. Hey, this is where we're gonna train. Um, oh, fuck, I forgot what I was gonna say. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Where do you think you get that got got that from? Because you do always do a good job at doing that. I don't know, dude. That's a good fucking question. Just being able to. Cause for Mariah too, she's really had to work on it. She's the GM at the gym. So it's like, Hey, if a new person comes in, you have to greet them and just make them feel well, not look at them and look away. I don't know where I got that. Honestly, I have no fucking idea. My dad was always, always good at making just random friends and just being nice to everyone too. Maybe I saw him be like that. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? What other kind of juice we got going on? Luke, what's been going on in your life? You haven't been at JITS. No, I haven't been. I've been busy fucking moving some uh, moving some product, if you catch my drift. Okay, little drug dealing, <laughs> little drug dealing. So yes, Mac sir. Media is done? Basically, bro. Are you working there still? Nah. Fuck. I, I left like... I left like probably a month ago, maybe... So did it yeah, just get yeah, shut down? Why did it get shut down? Mac. It Media, didn't get so. shut down, but they lost their fucking Apple like service provider license. Oh, yeah, because I guess a couple people higher up were doing a little bit of shady stuff. So I left. I stayed for like a little bit, and then I just ended up no call, no showing because my boss pissed me off one yeah. day. And I was, and you know, my mom's got a store in Surprise, and I was like, fuck it, I know I can work there. So I talked to her, and I had a job the same day I left the other one. And then now I'm just slinging on the side too. Okay, sweet, 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 sweet. Okay, here, Dana White says, Dana White on boxing salaries. All those fucking guys are overpaid. One of the big problems with boxing, too, is that all those fucking guys are overpaid. And every time they put on a fight, it's going out of business sale. We're just trying to get as much fucking money as we can from you guys. And then we're and then we're out of here. We'll see you in three years. You can't build a league like that. You can't build a sport. You can't have 750 fighters under contract making money, feeding their families every year. With that kind of mentality, it doesn't work. You have to run a business. I mean, it makes sense. It makes sense. People don't know all the expenses for putting on a fucking fight. They think, okay, you you just get that arena for free. You just get everything for free, the hotels, everything. I mean, I do think fighters should be paid more, not probably not that much more because you start getting paid a lot. Like even the PFL, I'm like, they're paying these guys millions of dollars. The investors have to see a comeback somewhere. Like, are we getting this from not the gates? We're not making any money from the gates. The views, who knows how the views are doing. So how long is it going to last? paying these guys fucking millions of dollars when there's 100,000 people that watch it. It's crazy to me. All the stuff that goes into Saturday Night Live. Oh, yeah. Every week, all this, everything that goes into Saturday Night Live. And I wonder if like a Saturday Night Live, I wonder if it gets as many views as a Steve Will Do It video. No way, right? There's no way, bro. SNL is dying. I know, and they have but a... Is it though? What if they do still know. have that old audience? You know? Yeah. Like, I, mean, I feel yeah, like it's for the older people now. But how many, like, is are they getting 5, 10 million views per episode? I wonder. I mean, it depends on how many people are still paying for cable, I guess. 
Yeah. Really has cable near Where is, is SNL on? What is it? Is it on? It has to be on a streaming service now, yeah, right? It's on something. It's got to be on Hulu. Sometimes. Yeah. Hulu. But still, like, is it's crazy that there's just this whole team and this whole thing to to maybe get whoever knows how much. But then Steve, he's got a team of three, four people, and he's getting five, ten million views from this this shit. It's pretty sweet that we have the opportunity to do that with YouTube. That anyone has the opportunity to literally be creative and make a living straight from your fucking phone. It's wild. wild I always wonder too, don't you ever think like when we go to those local tournaments that like the local ones that people throw, how much money they make too? I'm always like, it's as in, this is insane that I'm paying a hundred bucks and I might just only get one match. Yeah. <laughs> And imagine how many people they got in there. and That's why I really want to do some underground type stuff at our gym. Maybe not underground, but maybe just uh, some little, some super fights. Yeah, that'd be cool. Bet some money on some matches. Go against some other coaches from different gyms. Um, and maybe not film it. Maybe film it. Whatever. But dude, yeah. Some of those jujitsu tournaments, say you have you have 500 jujitsu athletes and they all paid 100 bucks. I think their main cost will be what just renting out the venue, the gym. They probably have good relationship with whoever they're throwing the gym at. With maybe, maybe, they or still, they're just they renting still charge it. A spectator fee. Maybe there's renting it, but then they got you got to pay for all the staff. You got to pay for all, all all the refs. You got to pay for all the timekeepers. You got to pay for the venue. You got to pay for insurance. You got to make sure. I mean, it's still a fucking lot. Yeah, it's still a lot. They probably do make a good chunk though. I think the people that make the most is IBJJF, dude. Oh. Like they have to be rich, rich because even to just get a membership, you got to pay to get a membership to even be able to sign up for a tournament. Um, yeah. IBJJF is ballin', I bet. Um, jeans. Did you see a uh, bow nickel? Yeah. That kid's going to be probably a fucking savage dude. He's got good training partners. He trains at a good team. Um, He's probably going to, I bet you'll get 4-0, 4-0, and 5-0, and then probably get a shot, either contender series or just signed in the UFC. Or Bellator will try to get them early. Dude, Bellator does that. They they offer these kids fat checks pretty early on in their career and then groom them up. That would be interesting. Oh, what else is going on today? Today, uh, I'm going to teaching the gi i'll probably roll in the no gi tonight i think that eric anders is coming again so we'll probably give him a little workout he's got a fight coming up ufc 185 or nice kid um other than that nothing crazy nothing crazy jim's coming together about to start the fight camp for sean and get a little dialed in for that me and jay are going to north dakota this weekend for a (laughs) seminar for some young some young bucks on the reservation. I'm a little bit, oh, fuck. I don't know, dude. I need to look <laughs> to where we're flying in. I don't know what this is going to be like. Yeah, I know. We should look at the area what's around and shit. Yeah, or what casino we're staying at. Oh, God. It's going to be. We'll, we'll vlog it. We'll do it. That's why I'm bringing Jay. We'll do a little vlog for uh, Patreon. So, I mean, guys, now on Patreon, you're getting a lot of shit. I'm going to start doing one 15-minute solo talk a week and just have it themed whether it's about sex, whether it's about MMA, whether it's about literally whatever. I want to do a little vote on what the theme is. Do one a week, 
and then you get the you get the thorn discount you get 20 percent off the red hawk merch you get a lot of shit when you're when you're uh supporting on patreon but if not guys like and subscribe the page please it helps out a ton it really does and we're only going to post quality shit um i think i looked at an analytic that i think 60 percent of the listeners aren't subscribed but it's easy you just like it and then then when i post shit it pops up but if not no problem at all jay should we go get a little bite to eat all right thanks for popping in luke thanks lukey um and we will see you guys next week sponsored by cushy bye-bye